0: Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome to Soul to Soul right here on 101.9 Hi FM. I'm your host today, Rabbi Ari Kieveman. And today we are getting ready for the upcoming festival of Shavuos, the 3,333rd anniversary of God's giving us the Torah. You know, in Jewish vernacular, a festival, we call it a Yom Tev, Literally meaning a good day. Now, the difference between Shabbos and Yom Tov is that Shabbos is an inherently holy day. Yom Tov can, and often, like this year, falls out on an ordinary weekday. It starts off on Sunday evening, and the two festival days will be Monday and Tuesday. But the weekday, these very days themselves become holy because of the festival. So a Yom Tov transforms an ordinary day into a holy day. And so make sure that this coming Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, you are going to celebrate Shavuos, which is known as Zaman Matan Torah Senu, the time of the giving of our Torah. And this is the 3,333rd 3, anniversary of when we received the Torah from God at Mount Sinai so long ago. But we know that the blessing we say is no Torah that God still gives us the Torah. Before God gave us the Torah, there was this barrier between heaven and earth. It was impossible to be truly connected to God while living an earthly material lifestyle. When God descended from the heavens to the earth and gave us his heavenly gift the Torah, God lifted that barrier. God made it possible for us humans to have a genuine relationship with Hashem. We're taught that Jewish festivals don't just celebrate those ancient events that happened long ago, but rather it, we are reenacting those events on a very real and spiritual level. And so each year on Shavuos, God gives us the Torah anew. In a sense, every day we're meant to be re-receiving the Torah anew. In that way, God expands and deepens our ability to grasp and to internalize the Torah in our lives. As we today receive the Torah here on earth, it's God giving us that energy to tap into it. And that's the significance of each Jewish holiday is that we tap into the energy of this day. So when God gave us the Torah at Sinai, God asked for a guarantor back then. And first, the Jews offered their teachers, the elders, different options, but God declined. And only when they said that they offer the children, did God accept. Only our children can assure that we'll observe the Torah in future generations. And it is therefore like. That the guarantors be present when the Torah is given, and therefore we should do everything we can to ensure that children of all ages are present and are able to participate on Monday morning to be at shul and to listen to the reading of the Ten Commandments on this day. That is the most important aspect and element of Shavuos. When our ancestors were asked if they would keep, if they would accept the Torah. Their response was, we will do and we will listen. And with this, they pledged to obey the commandments regardless of before they even heard or understood the reasons. And this is the kind of obedience that they were able to receive the Torah because they accepted God as the commander-in-chief. And so on this day, we are going to also recall our ancestors' response And we're going to strive to adopt that mentality, that attitude, ourselves as well. We do it because God gave us these commandments. That's why. In ancient Israel, all Jews would make a special pilgrimage to the Beis HaMikdash, to the temple, on the three pilgrimage festivals known as the Shalosh Regalim. On Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot. So Shavuos is one of those holidays that all Jews celebrated in unison, basking in the glow of the divine presence in the temple. In a year is by gone, many Jews would go to Israel. In fact, even now, I know some Jews going for Shavuos, and hopefully they could arrive in Israel in peace with no longer experiencing the terrorism that has been catastrophically overcoming Israel over the past couple of days. And please God, the ultimate redemption comes when we can experience Shavuos in true fashion as it was so long ago. Now, what does Shavuos mean? There are actually a few meanings. One means simply weeks. You know, the Yom Tov is called Shavuos, weeks, because the Torah instructs us to count each day for seven weeks, starting with the second night of Pesach, when we started to count the Omer, all the way until Shavuos. We celebrate Shavuos, the festival of weeks, at the conclusion of these seven weeks. So Shavuos is the culmination of the seven-week preparation process. For seven weeks, we count each day in anticipation of receiving the Torah, and we prepare ourselves emotionally and spiritually for this momentous occasion. And so, we know that at the conclusion of these seven weeks, when we didn't only count every day, we made the days count by counting sphera, which sephira not only means counting, but it means to refine, to shine. We worked on making our personalities, our characteristics, refined and shine during this time in order for us to receive this gift of God, the Torah on this day. And just as they did back then, we too today, we work on ourselves, we work on our own self-refinement so that we could be worthy of receiving the Torah on this day. An important part of the Yom Tov is we don't just arrive on Yom Tov. We prepare for it. And especially this year that the Yom Tov comes on a Sunday evening, it's important that we seek opportunities now to personally get involved, to be engaged in the preparation for Yom Tov. Today, they go do your shopping for whatever items. Obviously, you want fresh cheesecake and blintzes, you'll get that on Sunday. But whatever we can get done now in advance in anticipation. So... You want your flowers nice and fresh, get those on Sunday. But whatever else you can do in preparation now, we try to involve ourselves personally. You know, whenever we're personally involved in something, we firstly were honoring the yamta, but also we feel a greater appreciation and involvement with it because we're personally engaged in preparation and anticipation for this very day. So each of us should do what we can to be personally involved and the preparations, There are lots of things to do in honor of Yom Tov, right? But especially Sunday, which is Erev Yom Tov, because then we're actually highlighting, we show, we make it apparent that our shopping and our cleaning is to honor the Yom Tov, rather than just whatever ordinary regular housework. So what we should do, obviously, if there's not enough time to do it all Sunday, start already a little bit, Today, with whatever you can. Let's think about a couple of things, especially since some of our members, especially from the Chabad Seniors Program, and if for whatever reason one is in lockdown, in quarantine, isolating, then you'll have to do things at home. So regardless whether you're at home or going to shul, we all have to do the same preparations. We have to shop for the items that you need for Yom Tov and you know, you need the basics of what you'll need for every Yom right? You'll need your challah, you need your wine, you need flowers. But there are also specific things like dairy dishes. I mentioned cheesecake and blintzes or whatever your favorite milchigs are. And there's a mitzvah to rejoice on Yom Actually, our sages tell us that in order to facilitate extra joy, what we should do is add an extra sumptuous, delicious foods. So the dishes in Yom Tav have to be better than usual, even nicer, more lavish than what we experience on Shabbos. So you want to make sure you plan your menu and get the right things, the right ingredients, the right goodies and treats that you're going to have in honor of the festival. And in fact, our sages tell us that you don't have to worry about the expenses that are incurred for the Shabbos and Yom Tav costs because God repays all those expenses and God repays it all the more. So the more we spend, the merrier. So we should be make sure to have nice goodies in general. Always a Shabbos yomtiv meal, unless you're allergic to it, should include wine and meat and fish and melchig dishes for the shavuos. Also, gifts of new clothing and jewelry and other treats for the kids. So make sure you buy some nice sweets, candies, whatever biscuits something good for the kids. Try to get a new article of clothing in honor of Yom Tov. And whatever goodies, but not only gastronomic delights. What is it that makes you happy? Get some nice jewelry. And then we have to, of course, prepare. So you have to do all the preparation Saturday night, Sunday. Prepare, cook your Yom Tov dishes. And it's customary to bake challah in honor of Shabbos or Yom Tov. If there's plenty of options, where to get challah. But otherwise, bake your own. If you're baking challah, remember that challah is not only the braided breads that you make, but there's actually a mitzvah of separating the challah, which is a mitzvah of its own and is worthwhile to engage in and to actually perform that mitzvah. That's what challah is, to actually lahafrish, to separate, to take the challah. Now everything we do in preparation and cleaning of our homes, not just the domestic helpers should be doing it, but we should be doing it ourselves. And because very likely we haven't had a haircut in the last seven weeks, it's a good idea to get a haircut in honor of Yom Tov. And for those who observe all of the Sphira, that can begin tonight. And the Chabad custom, one only does it on Sunday, but regardless, we could start to take care of our grooming, cleaning the home, Decorating our home, getting pretty flowers, just like Mount Sinai was decorated. We could talk about that just now. And in fact, we try to decorate the shuls because it reminds us of the happiness of receiving the Torah. Extra decoration, extra celebration. Last week for Mother's Day, lots of people were buying flowers to celebrate Mother's Day. Well, certainly we should celebrate the Torah with all the floral decorations that remind us of how Mount Sinai miraculously sprouted greenery when the Torah was given on it. In fact, the sages talk a lot about that and they give a little metaphor. A king who sent his workers to pick the fruits in an orchard, but the orchard was filled with thorns. So the king was about to have the orchard flattened when one rose was found. And for the one rose, the king saved the entire orchard. And similarly says the Medrash that God was prepared to destroy the world after finding that after 26 generations, there were very few righteous people around. And then he found that we were willing to accept and to receive the Torah as we said, Nasah anishma, so God saved the world in that merit. And so we adorn our homes with flowers to remind us of this Midrashic analogy. And These floral arrangements, the trees remind us to pray for our fruit-bearing trees because God makes judgments about the productivity of fruit-bearing trees on Shavuos, which is the harvest festival. So there are multiple reasons for this, and we want to make sure that our homes are beautifully decorated and all the more so bring flowers to decorate your shul on Shavuos as is the custom to have flowers not only at home, but in the shul as well. Well, we know that some people won't be making it to shul. And so if you are at home, then make sure to make it as special, as beautiful as you can. Do what you can to make it a special experience in your own home. You know, oftentimes when you have people around, that adds and enhances the celebration. But when you're at home, especially those who are isolating, then do what you can to make it a special, if you're by yourself, download material from our website, chabadsouthafrica.org, or prepare for the celebrations. For example, we stay awake through the night and we'll be back in a moment and discuss the specific preparations but it's important you do everything you can to make sure that it's meaningful and positive. And if you're at home with others, sometimes people can get under each other's nerves, then do whatever you can to ensure that that doesn't happen, that it's avoided. And of course, it's important to ensure that there's a beautiful yumpt of spirit without any haribbles, without anger, without discord. So do what you can to ensure that it is a pleasant and joyous Yom Tev experience because after all, Yom Tev is a day of joy, celebration and that's the emphasis we want to have. We'll be back in a moment and we will discuss the practical preparations for Shavuos. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome back to Soul to Soul, right here at 101.9 Chai FM, I'm your host Rabbi Ari Keevan and today we're talking about Shavuos DIY, how you're going to make your Shavuos special at home and of course at shul. So we talked about preparing in advance and now you're all ready for Yom Tov to begin. Just as we usher in every Shabbos with lighting candles, well of course we are going to usher in and welcome Yom Tov with candle lighting. As well. And we know people wonder why we light candles on Yom Tov when thank God these days we have electric lights that can illuminate our homes except for when we have load shedding. Well, one idea is that candles and oil are a time honored way of fulfilling this mitzvah, which links us with Jewish women throughout the ages. But perhaps also the idea that Jewish women historically used a special lamp for Shabbos and Yom Tov, even in the days when they would light lamps and candles around their house. It was a way of honoring Yom Tov, having a special candelabra to honor Shabbos, to honor Yom Tov. And so by us doing something significant in that way, and call it something a little bit more romantic than just our electric light, this is another beautiful way of celebrating Shabbos and Yom Tov as women do every week and every Yom Tov. And so we make sure to light the candle, the Yom Tov candles. Now, generally speaking, Shabbos, you have to make sure to light 18 minutes before sunset. And after that, you can't light once the sun has set. However, Yom Tov is a little bit different. Yom Tov, you can light when Yom Tov has begun. So therefore, if you missed it, if you didn't do it at five, Oh, nine PM. Well, you could do it a little bit later on Sunday and Monday as well, but make sure that you have a pre-existing flame once Yumtiv begins. You can't strike a match to do it on your own. The lighting the Yumtiv and short candles ensures that firstly we're going to have a pleasurable Yumtiv experience. We call that Oneg Yumtiv as well as Kavad that we give special honor to the Yumtiv, which is Shabbos, we have the mitzvah of Oneg and Kavahd. And our sages tell us that ideally we should use a wax or oil candle. And of course, you could use any type of candle that you're able to. But ideally a wax or oil candle, if one is stuck in hospital, then they could at least light one of those special candles. We have them here at Chabad House. The electric Shabbos lights Which you will kindle only before But they cannot be lit on Shabbos itself But at least if one is in a room Where you can't light candles Or if the staff could turn on One of these electric lights At least you have that yumtive feeling In your presence So make sure to light it Ideally before sunset The time that's printed in the calendar But you can light later If you didn't manage before Unlike Shabbos FM. 101.9 megahertz of life. On the second night of Yom Tov, make sure to kindle your light from a pre-existing flame. In fact, first night as well, as we said, because if you are lighting after sunset, you make sure it's from a pre-existing flame. Now, who should light the candles? The mitzvah is on the household. That means if there's only men in the house, then a man does so. But ideally, if there's a woman in the home, then a woman should light the candle, even a young girl. And the reason, I'm sure there's multiple reasons why this mitzvah would be the the s'chus, the merit, the obligation, more so on a woman. Uh, think about it, in Judaism, some mitzvahs are given primarily to men, some primarily to women. And this would be, although it's equal to both, but if there's a woman around a woman should do this mitzvah, because firstly, women are considered a caret to buy it. Women are the ones who are more present, involved in the upkeep of the home. So they were given this mitzvah, which is a home celebration. Another idea is explained that Eve, Chava, carried primary responsibility for the sin of eating from the tree of knowledge, the Eitz And so this resulted in death for all of humankind, which is akin to extinguishing a flame. But if a man is living alone, then certainly he should light the candles. And even if there's a woman at home, then actually us men should be involved in the lighting and participating somehow, like preparing the candles is a good way to be involved with this mitzvah, which is for the home. And certainly we do what we can to make sure that our homes are beautiful, lit and ready to welcome the Yom Tov. Well, Yom Tov begins, if you're able to go to shul, then that is the ideal. Make your way to the shul because after all, that is where we celebrate and between you and me, just us, you know, the davening, as much as we could daven nicely at home, it's always better to daven with a minion. It's always better to daven with the community. For me, I find personally that I focus better when I'm davening with the community in shul. But of course, one who cannot go to shul for any reason, whether it's because they are genuinely concerned and afraid of the virus, the pandemic, or those who are isolating for any reasons, then in that case, certainly you can be home and safe. But otherwise, go to shul. It's not a very long service on Friday, on Sunday night, and we. It is a celebratory and joys, but it's really short. It's it's short as a weekday evening service. So make sure to daven and. To add the Yamtav Amida, the central theme of our prayers our gratitude to God for choosing us from all the nations and giving us the torah, which after all that 's what this festival celebrates, so you 'll sing the words "A the Amim. and we also ask God to grant us blessings of life of joy, of merriment on this special holiday. so just think about the significance. Have a, pay a little bit of attention to the words that you say when you pray, and the concluding aspect of the additional prayer for Yom Tov is Mekadesh <speaking in Hebrew> that God sanctifies Israel and the te- and the festivals. You know, on Shabbos, the central blessing ends with "Mikadei <speaking in Hebrew> Shabbos," that God sanctifies the Shabbos. God alone sanctifies Shabbos because that's a day of the week that God sanctified. We don't have to do anything specific. The day itself is holy. As soon as the sun sets on Friday, it's a holy day. It's a holy day. The holiness of Shabbos spontaneously descends. But Yom Tov, it is us who sanctify it because it is seemingly a regular weekday. And in ancient Israel, it was the high court, the Sanhedrin, the base that would declare when a month, when a new month would be on the basis of testimony from witnesses who saw the new moon. And since the new month depends on the Jewish court, so we thank God for sanctifying us, the Jewish people, giving us, empowering us to sanctify the days of the month in order to determine when a festival would be. Of course, on a spiritual level, this means that Shabbos is a gift that we receive from above. But Yom Tov is a gift that we give to God from below. It comes from within. And therefore, it has an extra level of preciousness. The fact that we are the ones who sanctify this day. Now, customarily, it's a long night. We stay awake all night. So, you make your way home from Shul. And one of the special moments that I enjoy every week, Shabbos, we come home, we sing Shalom Aleichem, we welcome the angels, but because it's Yom Tov, we're not going to sing those welcoming melodies of the welcoming the angels, but instead we go straight into making Kiddush, but it's a special Kiddush. Now Kiddush actually is a biblical obligation on Shabbos. On Yom is it is a rabbinic enactment and therefore it is still like it's us sanctifying the day. So the idea of Kiddush is that we are verbally proclaiming the sanctity of the day. And therefore our sages told us that we do so with a cup of wine which gives it its added significance and we know in many cultures wine is an important drink. It you know creates an atmosphere of of prominence. We use wine to mark our special momentous occasions. Of course, if you are allergic to wine, or if it gets you too sleepy and you want to stay awake through the night, then by all means use grape juice, or there are other potential substitutes. Talk to your rabbi about what to use, but. Put it into a nice, beautiful goblet, into a becher, something special designated for this mitzvah. Make sure your chalas are covered as we previously discussed, the reason for that. And make sure it overflows. You want your blessings in life to overflow. So pour the wine over the rim so that our blessings are overflowing. And certainly at night, the custom is to remain standing when we recite Kiddush and make sure you're going to say the blessings as they are written in your sitter or venture. We like all the kids to be engaged and involved in saying Kiddush. So in my home, we try to get everybody to say it together. But otherwise, those who are listening will answer Amen and thereby be Yotze, will be, will fulfill their mitzvah by hearing the Kiddush. And in the Kiddush itself, as we talked before about the davening, we say the words again, Mikra Kodesh, that it's a holy Convocation. It's called holy, unlike Shabbos, which is inherently holy. Shabbos, like we said, is transcendent. right? It can't lower itself into this world. Shabbos is an inherently holy day. Yomtiv is not as transcendent. It's on a weekday. It's a Sunday night. So on Tov, we actually are mikro-kodesh. We summon the holiness down into this world. We turn the regular weekday into a holy day. That is what we are capable of doing. And so in Kiddush, we say, V'Kiddushanah mitzvah so that God sanctified us with His commandments. Right? That God, the word Kiddushanah is not only that God sanctified us, Kiddishana could also mean God betrothed us. Because Shavuos is the day that we are betrothed to God at Mount Sinai by receiving the Torah. It's like the marriage day of God and the Jewish people. Of course, Jewish law says that Kiddush is not valid unless it's immediately followed by a meal. And there's an important message here. Kiddush is a spiritual endeavor, but we need to make sure that it influences our regular life. The way we eat, Kiddush means to sanctify. Every act, our most mundane activities have to be sanctified into our basic daily mundane regular acts have to become on a higher level. And so that's Kiddush. Kiddush is sanctifying, sanctifying the mundane and making it into a very special experience. So make sure you have your two chalas. And many people have round chalas in honor of Yom Tov. And of course, the two chalas, like in any Shabbos, reminds us of the man when the Jewish people were in the desert. Man rained down from heaven each day. However, on Fridays and Erev Tov, there was a double portion of man that fell for that day as well as for the next day. So each Shabbat and Tov, we commemorate the miracle of the man that came from heaven, of God providing for all of our needs while we were sojourning through the desert. And so when we put the two chalas on our table, we are commemorating that double portion of man that fell in those days. There's also... This is also one of the reasons why we cover the challah during Kiddush because the man would fall between two layers of dew. One above it and one beneath it. That's what kept it fresh and clean. So when we cover our challah, we have our tablecloth or a challah board beneath it as well as a cover, a beautiful decorative one above it, then we are commemorating, we're reminded of the caring way in which God delivered the man to us. Remembering Naman reminds us that just as God provided for our ancestors in the desert, God provides for each of us now. We don't provide for ourselves through our efforts. God provides for us through our efforts. So on Shabbos and Yom Tov, when we abstain from work and we, you know, might think, oh my, I'm not going to make any money that way. Don't worry. I know Shavuos is on a weekday. It's a Monday. Go to shul. God provides for your needs, and we, when we have the two we remind ourselves that when we abstain from work, that w- our income is coming really from God Almighty. There's another reason which is explained that generally speaking, when we have bread and wine on our table, we should recite the bracha over the bread before over before the wine. But on Shabbos and Yom Tov, because of the tradition to say Kiddush before eating the bread. That's why we give that special priority. Out of respect, we cover the challah so as not to embarrass it. But of course, obviously, challah doesn't have feelings. But our sages wanted us to realize that if we are to be sensitive to something as inanimate, as bread, then certainly, all the more so, we should be careful not to embarrass, not to insult, not to hurt our fellow human beings. So, after Kiddush they are going to enjoy a delectable Yom Tov meal and make sure to have whatever good lavish delicacies tasty food brings joy and of course that helps us fulfill the oneg the joy and delight that we're meant to have on Yom Tov many traditional dishes that are enjoyed and there's lots of customs at night, generally speaking, one eats a meat meal, but certainly I've seen many people that eat a milchig meal, especially if you want to have coffee to stay awake through the night. So, certainly you can do a milchig meal in the evening as well if that's something you prefer to do. Now, Staying awake all night, many shuls are certainly going to have some programs, but you have to check if there's curfew rules, how that fits in. Maybe you're going to stay through the night from midnight till the curfew is done in the morning till 4 a.m., which certainly if you're staying awake through the night then just be there and study because our sages described to us that the day we received the Torah was a betrothal ceremony between God and ourselves and in the hours leading up to that wedding you know the bride's entourage beautifully adorn the, the the bride right and they, you know you want to look best for the groom when you finally see him so similarly we spend the hours before we once again receive the Torah we want to adorn ourselves beautifying ourselves how do we do so? well studying Torah throughout the night so Another reason explained is that the night before God gave us the Torah, the people slept. And when God came to give them the Torah, they were still asleep. That's not the way you prepare for such a momentous occasion. So in order to make up for it, every year we rectify this this mistake by all remaining awake in the night before. I like the, the former reason better that we have... It's a way of preparing. But to tell you the truth, I saw an interesting insight from the Rebbe where he gives it a positive spin. It's not that we made a mistake and, and went to sleep the night before Matan But rather, we felt that the only way to connect with holiness was to separate ourselves from materialism. And the best way to achieve that is to sleep. When you're sleeping were not engaged in mundane activities. So that's another way of understanding the reason why they slept. But nevertheless, we stay awake this night, Sunday night, to prepare for receiving the Torah. And one of the ways we do that is by studying a book called the Tikkun El Shavuot. Literally, Tikkun means actually a rectification. But Tikkun is also a guide, like a Tikkun Karim. So it's our guide for studying through the night. And... Certainly, that's the way we are going to adorn ourselves. In fact, the Aramaic word tikuna means an adornment. So we adorn ourselves, beautify ourselves in preparation for Matan Torah by studying Torah through the night. Of course, if you say it's a rectification, then that's true too. But as you look through the book, it has various passages of Torah that are meant to be studied. It goes through different tractates, the first and last passage of the tractates and a Mishnah, as well as a list of all 613 mitzvahs, which is important for us to know. And then, of course, different aspects of other parts, more mystical elements, like the Zohar and the Sefer Yetzirah, the Book of Formation. And uh, there are lots of different, it's a sampling of different parts of Torah. And when we study this book, We're able to basically scan the entire corpus of Torah, the written Torah, the oral Torah, the commandments, the concealed dimension, right? So we also read the whole book of Ruth, which is a custom to do on Shavuos. So this is all a preparation for receiving, for reading the Ten Commandments from the Torah itself on Shavuos Day. And like the book of Ruth, which tells the story of Ruth, who was the ancestress of King David. She was a Moabite princess, and she sacrificed a life of luxury to live as a poor and simple convert to Judaism. Although it was difficult struggle of of poverty and discrimination at first, but her piety was noticed by the prominent leader at the time, Boaz, who eventually married her. And before he married her, he was ruthless, but now he became the husband of Ruth. And so she merited through him to give birth to Oved, whose son was Yishai, whose son was David HaMelech. And since Shavuos is the birthday and yortzite of King David, so it's appropriate that we read about his ancestry and learning how he came into the world In fact, how he fought Goliath, who was technically a cousin from Ruth's sister. And so we read this book, read the story on Shavuos, also like Ruth, who was a convert to Judaism. We too are all like converts to Judaism, just as Ruth worked very hard to, to embrace and to live a Jewish way. Her story teaches us that those who sacrifice to become a Jew contribute to Judaism in unique ways. And there's so many other ideas related to that perhaps we could discuss. We'll be back just now with our closing thoughts. High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back to Soul to Soul, right here on 101.9. Chai FM, I'm Rabbi Ari Kibin, And today we are talking about Shavuos DIY. We talked about the preparations, how to get ready for Yom Tov. We talked about your evening festivities, and the joyous delicacies and delicious food you're going to eat in your Yom Tov evening meal, as well as staying awake through the night. And the content of the Tikkun Lel, the all-night learning study program. Now we're going to talk a little bit about Shavuot's morning, especially Monday morning is the most important time that one should be at shul. Firstly, it is a joyous Yom Tov Davening that you will have in shul. But let's talk a little bit more besides for the Davening prayers, which we're going to add the Yom Tov Amidah as well as Hallel, which is before the Torah reading, after the Amida. Then there is something else that many people do after Havdalah, which is called Akdamus. It's an elaborate poetic ode to God, and it's read responsively by the leader, not necessarily the Chazan. Whoever the leader wants to read two stanzas, and the congregation responds with the next two stanzas. It's written in Aramaic, and it begins with a praise of God's greatness that transcends all description. The beautiful tune that goes with it. So if you are in Shul, you will get to experience that it is not done in all Shuls. For example, in the Chabad custom, the Akdamas is not recited publicly. I can't tell you the reason behind that, but I do believe that the Rebbe's did say so. And my kids enjoy doing the Akdamas, of course, if you like to have a multicultural kind of yumtive experience, then certainly most schools do say the Akdamas, where these beautiful poetic descriptions of God's greatness, how God transcends all description. And it goes on to describe the myriads of angels that God created and the way in which they praise God. And it proclaims our allegiance to God and none other. And it concludes with a description of what, of the various miraculous events that will take place with the coming of Mashiach. So it has, uh, it's a beautiful poetic 46 line poem and uh, certainly one of the highlights before reading the Torah portion. Now, the Torah reading is the most important highlight of Shavuos. We discussed before that this is the day we received the Torah at Mount Sinai, 3,333 years ago. And so, we are re-receiving the Torah anew on this day. The point in the day when God issues the Torah to us anew, is when we chant the Ten Commandments in the Torah. So, if you're in shul, ideally everyone should be, men, women, children, even newborn babies. We rise in reverence and awe, just as our ancestors did when God gave them the Torah at Mount Sinai. And the Balkorah, will, with total focus, concentration, with passion, with zeal, is going to read aloud the Aserah Sadibras. As the Torah is read, we should visualize ourselves standing at Mount Sinai seeing the thunder, hearing the lightning, listening to God's voice and tone, the commandments. And after we read the commandments, there's a special joyous feeling. We celebrate receiving the Torah. And so for those who can't the in shul, then make sure to at least read the Ten Commandments at home, in your own home from a Chumash. Gather with your family and seize the opportunity to not only read it, but maybe to learn it, to review it, to, to explain and understand what the Ten Commandments are. But ideally, we should all be in shul. And as we discussed earlier, how the children were the ones who we were appointed by God to guarantee that we would keep the Torah in the next generations. So we should make sure that all the guarantors, all the children in our house, are not just present. That we bring the kids to shul if we can, that they be in the right there, standing front and center in in front of the shul, right next to the bima. They should feel that central, special role that they played in us receiving the Torah. Try to bring your kids to shul. Let them be part of this experience. Give them treats, sing, dance with social distancing, whatever way it is. But make sure. That you make this the highlight, the most meaningful, special moment of your Shavuos. If you can't be for sh- at shul for anything else, ideally at least come for hearing the reading of the Ten Commandments. And of course, davening ends as always with Musaf, but it is special Musaf. Because in the Musaf, it's not only a Yomtev Musaf prayer, but firstly there are some, it describes the the additional sacrifices That were offered back in the times of the temple on Shavuos. And the central blessing of this Musaf begins with an admission that sadly we've been exiled from our land because of our sins. And therefore we don't and we can't currently offer actual sacrifices in the temple as it's occupied with the mosque there. We continue with our plea for redemption when please God will return with peace to Israel and the temple will be rebuilt but without all of the violence and terrorism that we see there today. And so we describe the offerings that were brought in the temple on this day and we beseech God to again rebuild that temple. And so we say the words that we're unable to bow before you. We don't, you know, God is everywhere, obviously, right? We could always worship, we could always serve God wherever we are. But the fact that our temple has been destroyed, has been desecrated, that's, what did we miss? It's not just a shrine, it's not just a building. Temple represents the place where God's divine presence was felt, was palpable. We felt completely nullified before God. And since the temple was destroyed, that sense is no longer palpable. And so, that's why we, this is a very important and central prayer of Shavuos. Of course, it concludes with the Birchas Kohanim, so make sure if you're a Kohen to be in Shul and share your blessings with everyone, and even if you're not a Kohen, and come to Shul to receive those special blessings, we could all use special blessings in our life these days. Well, after that, some Shuls I know at Arshul, we're going to have an ice cream party. Kids' favorite. And we're going to have cheesecake from Fagels. So make sure to have some good dairy delicacies. We make sure to enjoy blintzes and cheesecake and ice cream and all the other goodies. And the reason for it is, we know on Yamtev, we're supposed to have special additional meals, right? But we also know that Shavuos we traditionally eat Melchiks. So in order to have two meals, we're going to first have a dairy meal and then a meat meal. Make sure to rinse your mouth out in between just as a halachic requirement. And we wait an hour between the milk and the meat meal. Why do we eat a dairy meal? With that we're going to conclude today's discussion. When the Torah was given on Shavuos, the Jews became obligated to observe the kosher dietary laws. The meat that they prepared before was not necessarily slaughtered in the appropriate ritual way that's prescribed by the Torah. And then it wouldn't be kosher. So that's one reason explained, although some say that that can't be the case because our ancestors kept the Torah even before God gave it. Well, if that's the case, perhaps you could say because it was Shabbos. So they weren't able to slaughter new animals or kosher their dishes. So that's why they ate dairy. Now the dairy and meat meals remind us of the two loaf bread offering that was brought in the temple on this day, the Shnei ha-lechem. So it's commemorated by having two distinct separate meals. It also reminds us of the Torah which is compared to honey and milk. And in ancient times, little children were inaugurated into formal Torah learning on Shavuos. So to celebrate this festive occasion, they would serve cakes that were baked with honey and milk. And although we don't necessarily follow that custom today of doing so on Shavuos per se, but we still have the custom of eating milchigs and sweets on Shavuos. And we also have to drink wine and have the second meal. So make sure you rinse your mouth and rinse your hands and you're going to have your second Yom Tev meal. The rest of Yom Tov, you might be a little bit tired, fatigued from staying awake the whole night, Sunday night. So if you need to have a little rest, you can certainly do so. Better yet to stay awake and uh, celebrate Yom Tov, especially this Yom Tov when God gave us the Torah, by studying the Torah, which we do all night Sunday, and hopefully if you could stay awake throughout Monday as well and do so. There's going to be mincha, and if you're not in Israel, as we are here in the Diaspora, then we're going to welcome the second night of Yom that evening, um, Monday evening. So, of course, this goes back to when the beginning of Jewish months was determined by the Jewish High Court. Then, those who were outside of Israel didn't know what day exactly it was because a lunar... The, the lunar month is 29 or 30 days, so then they would do two days of Yom Tev outside of Israel and we do the same, second night, enjoy, celebrate it is a special, special day the second day Shavuos it's a different Torah reading, but the distinction, I think the main thing that draws a lot of people to Shul is to recite the Yisker memorial service for our loved ones who have passed away so if you can make it to Shul, please Go to Shul Tuesday at Santon Central Shul. We will be doing the 10 commandments at 1030 on Monday. Torah reading again will be 1030 Tuesday, followed at 11 o'clock by Yisker memorial service. So enjoy the rest of your Yom Tov. Celebrate by studying Torah. And just as we start Yom Tov with Kiddush, we end Yom Tov with Havdalah. Abdallah, you're going to make sure to fill up your cup, overflowing with blessings of grape juice or wine. And you're going to recite your Havdalah, distinguishing between an ordinary weekday and a festive Yom Tov weekday. But of course, this being a Yom we also, oh how could I forget, besides for being the harvest festival, it is also, and the time when we receive the Torah, just a few more points it is also Chag HaBikurim, the festival of the first fruit. In ancient Israel, farmers would go out into their orchards at this time of the year and they would tie or reed around the first fruits to ripen. When they would make their pilgrimage to the temple on Shavuos, they would bring along that basket of these fruits. So it's also known as Chag HaBikurim, the festival of the first fruit. Many people, thousands and thousands, would converge on Jerusalem with their baskets from all directions, singing and dancing to the musical accompaniment, and they would arrive in mass to enter the temple and deliver their baskets of fruit to God.